Welcome to Our Next Existence by Katie in the Chorus. I'm Katie, former technology strategist turned reluctant spiritual medium, and I channel messages from the Chorus, a group of beings just beyond our sensory perceptions who are loving, expansive, and who greatly enjoy sharing their perspective of us. Join us each week as we share and discuss their ideas about humanity's existence, purpose, and future. Concepts you can draw from to accelerate your path, expand your perceptions, and ultimately step into the flow of the universe and your life. Welcome back, everyone. Well, we made it. (laughs) We made it through our move. And I am now broadcasting to you from the East Coast of the United States. We traded in Rocky Mountains in Colorado for a tropical beach in Florida. And you know, it has really taken me by surprise how much the ocean is just fulfilling me. I don't know. I mean, we, we moved here in part to be closer to the water. It had been a long time dream long time coming. But now that we're here, it just, it feels like it's filling in holes I didn't know I had. I was really fired up recently about something (laughs) that I thought was unjust. And I was talking to the chorus about it. And after a day of sort of angsty rage, (laughs) I decided to get down to the beach for a walk. Just squeeze it in. Get down there one more time. I've almost been down there every day. And as soon as my feet hit the sand, it was like it all just balanced. Now, I would say at first I thought, oh, it's all just like coming out of me. It just like comes out of me into the ocean. But the more days I've spent down there walking with things and channeling, it's it's not leaving me. It feels more like the energetic half of myself rises to meet the perspective from the five senses. It's almost like the energetic part is amplified and I feel a balance. I feel a wholeness. I feel fulfilled. I was thinking just yesterday that I felt like I could balance the whole weight of the world on a single grain of sand. It was just it was just easier. It was easier to be in both perspectives. So thank you all for your well wishes and your support and your positive energy that you were sending us through the move. I really appreciate it and I felt it. And we're glad to be here. And should you ever pass through Sarasota, Florida, or if you are a listener and you are here in town, Maybe message us through the site. I'd love to get together. So anyways, back to the day that I was raging and angsty and going down to the beach for a walk. (laughs) I was really struggling with something, a story, actually several stories of things that had happened to people that were completely out of their control, that were actions taken by what I would say is a, a separate party with malintent. And they were the victims in a way. I was pretty pissed off, like wanted to burn down the solar system, pissed off when I found out about this. (laughs) So I'm talking to the chorus about it and I'm going through my perspective and I'm going through different perspectives on what happened with them. And I'm still kind of feeling it and I'm still kind of really pissed off. Doesn't seem fair. I'm over all of this. Why couldn't they have done anything? You know, that kind of thing. And then at some point, the chorus pauses, you know, like they do, where they kind of just wait (laughs) because you're expanding into something. And then they said, all the power will be returned to you. And you know what? It just dissipated. 
the anger, the burning that we now know is the emotion of becoming based on the course's description in book one and season one of the podcast. We know that we are becoming something through the sensation of anger. A new perspective is calling us forward and we're working through all the beliefs that held us back or hold us back from that expansive place, that next expansive place. And in that moment, the way that they said that just hit a bullseye with what I was feeling. I was so focused on that other situation. I was so focused on those who seemed to be victims or powerless or that I wanted to do something to assist them or change it. And then the chorus points out that my power will be returned to me. That subtle difference. Anger, as I've been coming to find out lately, has a lot to do with beliefs we hold that give our power away. When we become angry, it is often at something. Sometimes it's at ourselves. Sometimes it's at a circumstance, a stroke of bad luck, a person who said something they shouldn't have, a person who took away something, a group a faction, an institution who harmed us in some way, a country, a ruling class that made decisions that had ill effects on us. We are always angry at something. And in that focus and in that perspective, our power, the perception of our own power, is disguised. So, I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but if you're feeling anger, if you are so frustrated over the circumstances that you find yourselves in, the things, the people, the groups who are making decisions that are affecting you, I want you to know that all your power will be returned to you. This awakening process is moving through the beliefs that ever told us that anyone else in this entire universe ever had a power over us. Awakening is arising into the perception of our own connection with the universe that is inviolable unbreakable and infinite. There is nothing and no one who can ever diminish that connection and that power to manifest in your life everything that you ever desire, including the opportunity to give ourselves the experience of a perception of being disconnected from those things. As we return to that vantage point, as we return to our power, all these things that used to upset us, all these beliefs that used to warn us, protect us, give us the experience of risk and not in control, will fall away. And from that place, all the actions of all the other beings or groups or institutions and all the world all those things that used to cloud our vision of our own power will dissipate and we will move forward freely and easily into a new day. In the first part of the episode, you'll hear directly from the chorus themselves and afterwards we will discuss. Talk to you soon. Beloved ones, we would like to say that if you have come 
this far in awakening, no matter when in time you encounter these ideas or these messages, you are doing quite well. We can understand that it might be difficult to evaluate your progress at times. For you are accustomed to looking at the world through your five senses. And through that view, gathering feedback, we could say, from your environment as to your position, your progress in your lifetimes. And now, as you are continuing to awaken, you find that the things that used to mean much in your five senses environment no longer do or that the indications that you used to look for in your day-to-day life are dwindling or changing or have become downright irrelevant. Therefore, how can you know if this is getting better or worse? What tells you that humanity is on the right track? Or if humanity is about to fumble again. And how would you answer these same questions for yourselves? How do you know on an individual day, on an individual hour, if these things are leading to your dreams and the fulfillment of all of your hopes or not? Let us discuss for a moment the concept of time with regard to evaluation. There is much in your belief system that is tied between the linear timeline concept upon which you base much of your identities and also the evaluation of self. Though these evaluations may take many different forms, Perhaps you are evaluating situations, or your home, or your career, or the people next to you at the table in a restaurant. You are always evaluating your position with regard to these things. Therefore, you could say that humanity is trapped in an endless cycle of self-scrutiny. In recent times, this has become quite clear to you. In fact, so clear that many of you wish to be left alone by these judgments and evaluations. Try to ascend beyond them. Try to release them and even meditate through them. These are all important first steps in awakening. However, what is the next step? We understand that as you become aware of things in your belief system complex, there is a natural response by the belief system itself which will motivate you to attack or do away with or improve or manage the things that you have newly become aware of. You all have been quite busy attacking the aspects of your human natures that you are now becoming conscious of. However, we wish to share our vantage point on these aspects of your belief system that you are now becoming conscious of. We see in these things no error. We see in these things no mistake, and not even anything that needs to be escaped avoided, or put to rest. Rather, these aspects of yourself hold great quantities of information. They are reflections, important reflections, of this belief system complex that you are able to recognize from the conscious perspective within the game. Therefore, they are full of clues, we could say. They are full of indications methods of understanding yourselves in brighter, fuller, and more expanded ways. They are not something to be shunned or defeated 
They are to be embraced. These are the first aspects of yourselves that are coming through to you. Then it is no accident. No accident that you have begun to become conscious of all of this. And also, no accident that it is these aspects of you, of your belief systems, that are coming through to you first. In embracing these parts of yourself, in perhaps getting curious about them, you will find new pathways into understanding more about your human existence, what you created, and the way of transcending it all. By our view, there is not a single error in the entire belief system complex, and there is not a single one existent in your game who has anything to be ashamed of. You are incredible creators, magnificent beings formed of love who created a powerful experience by way of that love. When you begin to see the magic in your manners, you will truly understand the love of all. We love you infinitely. started sort of making a list of things that we wanted to do before we left the state. Things we wanted to do as a family, places we wanted to see, or sort of like final errands or appointments and things before we moved. The list was surprisingly short, which was a comfort to me. It felt like that was an indication of our readiness to go. But one of the things that we did add to the list was doctor appointments. We had heard that the doctors in Florida, where we were moving to, were all very busy. And so it would probably be in our best interest to complete any annual exams or checkups or things of that nature with doctors in Colorado before we left. So as I'm making a list of doctors to see, a doctor crosses my mind, a type of doctor actually, because I didn't even really have one, which was a dermatologist. Now, I have not been great about getting an annual checkup, mostly because I don't have any glaring concerns in my skin as of yet. I mean, sure, there are things that can be improved. I mean, I could probably spend many tens of thousands of dollars in a dermatologist's office. Who couldn't? But, you know, most of the time, those things don't really bother me. But I was surprised to find as I made the list of doctors that a dermatologist popped up. So, I added to the list and, you know, over the next couple of days, come back to that thought a few times. And then as I contemplate the dermatologist, I become aware of a thing on my face. <laughs> now you're going to say, did the thing like show up once you started thinking about a dermatologist? And this is where I have to say, No, (laughs) this bump, this thing had been on my face for a really long time. But it was only when I started making the list of kind of like final appointments that it really became conscious to me. And I was like, yeah, I, I really should have that checked. So now from the moment this started to come into my consciousness that I hadn't had this thing on my face and now wanted to get it checked, over the next few days, I watched as I became more and more sort of frustrated and even disgusted with this bump that had been on my face for like two years. (laughs) 
I had looked at my face in the mirror every day, all that time. And I don't know, I just didn't really think about the bump. I didn't really see the bump. I didn't really care about the bump. It never, never waded into my mental territory. And so now that I had an appointment with the dermatologist to get the thing checked or lasered or whatever it was going to be, I was so antsy for that appointment. I could not wait. I started counting down the days. I started looking things up on the internet to see if I could just take care of the bump before the appointment. So finally the appointment arrives and she takes one look at the bump and she's like, I I don't really think that's a big deal. And my heart dropped. (laughs) I was like, well, can you do something to get off, get it off. Or, you know, I was suddenly very terrified that this thing that two weeks prior I hadn't even cared about and then leading up to the appointment had become obsessed with. And by the time of the appointment was so ready to have it off my face (laughs) that when the dermatologist said it's no big deal, rather than celebrating, I drew the conclusion that this might not be addressed here. And I would go get her laser for her if I had to. (laughs) So she says, well, I don't think it's a big deal, but we should biopsy it. And then I had her assure me that biopsy meant get it off my face, (laughs) which she assured me it did. And it did. And for the next several days, I wore a band-aid on my face, practically thrilled about it not even embarrassed, not even caring at all because I was completely satisfied that this thing, which had been around me for years collecting dust without any notice from me, was finally gone. Today, the Gores touched again on a topic that they've brought up many times in the past and unfortunately that I know quite well. which is that as we awaken, there will be parts of this process that will instigate within us beliefs that will cause us to attack or do away with the things that we have recently awoken to having done or doing or having be a part of ourselves. The chorus has quoted this little snippet of advice to me a nauseating amount of times. (laughs) through my awakening over the last many years because as I moved through many of the beliefs that I was awakening to with their assistance, there was almost every time a new dismay, a new frustration, and a new level of shame that I often experienced as I became aware, more conscious of, in an expanded way of all the things that I had done or had believed. And each time I'd come back around to a very maddening conversation with the chorus, (laughs) which was, well, what do I do about this? And that's when they'd say, oh, those are your beliefs causing you to attack what you've just awakened to. (laughs) Then I would say, okay, but what do I do about this? To which they would reply with their almost equally annoying definition of action, which is that in our reality, action is often the collision of the recognition that there is something that we want, the perception that that desire has not yet arrived, and beliefs of our dimension of our reality that say in order to get the thing that we want, we must take physical action. Well, I felt that collision time and time again, and I still do. Each time I came to this crossroads, it was in a slightly different way because through awakening, despite the lack of evidence on the five senses frequencies, we are moving through things. These are not redundant situations or repetitive situations because redundancy and repetition were our creations. They are part of this experience of limitation. 
But behind the five senses scenes on an energetic level, all things are new and constantly expanding. So while I understood this kind of in new and nuanced ways each time I came back to it, it never quite resolved. I never quite understood what the hell I was supposed to do instead (laughs) of doing something. What was an alternate path? How did I just get to be okay with the issue or the failing or whatever it was that I was newly aware of? It connects to a word we've often thrown around in recent time periods. In fact, in the most recent time periods, which has to do with surrender. Now, I've talked to many enlightened people about this word, and the general consensus is we all hate it. (laughs) I mean, sure, we love a good, peaceful surrender to something that you trust and you love and you feel the faith about. But more often than not, this sense of needing to surrender comes up when we have thrown ourselves against the wall unsuccessfully many, many times and are now exhausted, frustrated, at a loss, and out of options. (laughs) Therefore, this word, as usual, in our reality, can have many different energetic experiences. One surrender does not look like all surrenders. Though in a five senses way, it may all look pretty similar, as in we raise the white flag and just let whatever's coming roll right over us. (laughs) Now, those of us who have been down the path of awakening, and I would assume that many of you finding these messages have been, know that ultimately surrender typically works out. The process of getting to that point of acceptance can be brutal, but we know that if we can just get to the other side of surrender, typically that ease or that allowance that comes out of giving up in a way does transform into a opening to a new solution or a new way of seeing something or even just the ability to move past it. This is why as much as we have a contentious relationship with the idea of surrender, we keep coming back around to it because there's something in it. It's difficult to pin down. It often feels unwieldy and unwanted. It feels strangely out of our control and yet completely in our control. It is an enigma that often serves us well, but seems like one of those annoying paradoxes of enlightened thought where the opposite of what you want is how you get what you want kind of thing. I don't want to surrender. I hate this thing that I'm newly aware of. (laughs) I don't want it. I would like to change it. Ah, fine. I'll just give up and accept it for how it is. And then would you look at that? I kind of understand it and accept it for how it is. Now, the chorus, as they would say in all things, would point out that that is a valid process of awakening. There are no right or wrong answers, and there is not a singular path. There are simply many, many ways to experience what we all have created here. So what might be a different way of looking at surrender? Well, the chorus might say, let's back up the linear timeline. Meaning, let's go back to a point in time before we had surrendered, before we had exhausted ourselves and given up, before we had struggled in vain against this thing or event or behavior or whatever it is, to the moment in which we identified it. Way, way, way before a concept called surrender had even entered our minds. At the barest moment of becoming conscious of this thing, in that second, what was happening? You might say, well, I've recognized, finally, that I hate this thing. (laughs) To which I would reply, yeah, I completely get it. 
That's the moment that I recognized that I hated the bump on my face. (laughs) Been there all along. I don't know what to tell you, but there was a day and I know when that day was when I looked in the mirror and I was really sort of mystified that this thing was on my face and I wanted to get rid of it. (laughs) But let's back up even further. What happened right before the conscious moment in which you recognized the thing that you were dissatisfied with. And here, you'll have to move into an energetic place because we are now talking about the frequencies that we are expanding back into that exist beyond our five senses perceptions, meaning there is probably not a thought to represent that moment and what was happening because that thought had not manifested yet. And there certainly were no ideas for action and there definitely were no actions that you had taken repeatedly and exhausted yourself through. In that energetic place, you were reaching for a very particular frequency out of the infinite universe of frequencies that represents something that humans call change. It can be recognized in a felt way through a wide variety of sensations. As we go forward in awakening, we will become more clear on what this energy of change is and represents. Right now, we have a singular squeak, the word change, to represent what is in actuality an abundance of frequencies. There is nuance, as usual, in awakening, in much of what we are discussing. Thus, we will move from a singular concept of a thing called change to more expanded, more nuanced understandings of what we are actually achieving or choosing when we resonate with these frequencies that are all bucketed today under this one term. As you know from reading the first book from the chorus and also from many of the episodes thus far, change is a representation of new energy. Again, another vast concept that we have boiled down into a singular phrase of new energy. When we access the frequency of change, what we are reaching for, if I can put it in a very simplified way, is the ongoing connection between manifestations that are a representation of an ongoing, unfolding shift in energy. Because of the way that we place a gap between desire and manifestation, we have a way of understanding parts and pieces of energy that might otherwise be or seem unbreakable to other beings in the universe. However, to us, these steps or this unfolding can feel quite distinct, especially if it's separated by a time period of years or decades or even lifetimes. Therefore, when we resonate with change, What we are doing is reaching back into or resonating with a frequency that had begun, that had started to unfold through us, but via the way that we fragment or schism our consciousness, we had turned away our conscious perspective from the unfolding of those things. Recall that the chorus has talked about how we are fluid and dynamic and much of what we are manifesting is moving outward from us in all directions. However, our conscious perspective is just catching up to this speed and this fluidity. We are just coming around to a point of where we can hold multiple perspectives at once as opposed to moving in a linear or one-at-a-time fashion between different perspectives. This is why many of us who are energetically connected are coming to a place of constantly feeling like something is happening somewhere. (laughs) 
if you know what I mean, that there are some energetic feelings that come through to us that feel like great change, new beginnings, colossal revolutions. There is a sensation within many of us that so much is happening. This is often incongruent for a period of time through awakening with what is actually happening in our lives. Our day-to-day life may not change very much and may at even in points seem to be dwindling, which seems very counter to what we sense is happening. This is because the energetic part of us is sensing multiple frequencies that we are connecting to at once while the conscious perspective is still rather limited by our belief systems. And it is our conscious recognition in varying moments through awakening of this distance that is part of the growing concept, the growing consciousness of our perspective on our belief system complex, which is a thing that we created, that we resonate with, and us our energetic selves, the larger, vaster parts of us that exist far and beyond individual or collections of frequencies with which we choose to resonate. You've probably heard many enlightened teachers or beings say that the energetic parts of us have always been there and have always been doing things. This part of awakening is when we are becoming viscerally aware from the conscious part of us here in this game, that this is so. We are reawakening or awakening to this energetic aspect of us that is busy and doing things all the time. So back to the question at hand. When we say to each other, what happened before surrender, before giving up, before exhausting ourselves with action, before loathing something that we have just recognized before judging the thing that we just recognized and before the thing that we recognize, that moment of recognition itself, way back up the linear timeline. In that moment, just prior to becoming conscious of that new thing, you and we all were resonating with an energy of change, a continuation of a shift that we are bringing into our conscious perspective. So our energetic self says, Woo-hoo-hoo, we're going to shift. And we sense that. Sometimes that comes through as unknown. Sometimes that comes through as a sense of a great, great energy or something enormous happening. And then we start to bring it through the belief system complex all the filters, all the molding, all the action of all the beliefs that we built in this galactic-sized belief system complex, according to the Chorus. This belief system complex was built to reject, to rebuff the perception of new energy and the perception of change. Somehow, through awakening, we have created loopholes, you could say. We have created other tracks, other methods by which the new energy may start to reach us without being as molded or as limited as it was previously. As that new energy reaches us and finally comes all the way down to the levels of the five senses frequencies, it doesn't all manifest at once. There is this gap, this slowing down, this stretching out, this warping in a way of the energy as it comes through. In the first representations of this energy of change, we will become newly aware of something that had not otherwise caught our attention previously or in the same way. We will have an energetic sense that that is just the beginning of something and that there are aspects that are still coming through. This is because we are becoming more energetically aware of all that we are. 
in response, the belief system complex says, well, it's not here yet, and I don't like this. (laughs) Basically, a recognition that that energetic part of us, that energetic perception of us is not yet aligned to the five senses frequencies, which is true, but a corresponding response from the belief system that does not like incomplete. Now, you may be a little staggered to hear what I just said, that our belief system complex does not like incomplete. Katie, haven't you said in other episodes that we were the creators of this experience of incomplete? That's what we did here. We created mystery and unknown, and that's kind of what a human just like rolls around in. (laughs) You got it. And as the chorus has often indicated, it is by way of energizing something that we create the experience of it. Our continual attention to the aspects of ourselves that are incomplete is the engine that energizes more and more and more experiences of being incomplete. When I recognize the bump on my face... Do you think my belief systems were busier scrutinizing the bump or obsessing over how to get it off my face? Was it really the aspects of what I had just recognized or was it the aspects of it that were not yet complete? My recognition on the bump on my face wasn't that there was a bump on my face. In many ways, I knew that that had been there for a really freaking long time. (laughs) It was suddenly a new awareness of that I wanted it gone. I wanted it removed. Whereas before, it seemed like not a big deal, didn't even contemplate it, didn't even care. Now, I had this new awareness of life without the bump. (laughs) that I could have it removed and that it would be as simple as calling up a doctor and making an appointment and that if I was going to do it, I should probably do it now before I left the state and, and off my brain went, focusing on the desire that I had, which was a face free of a bump and the fact that it wasn't there yet. It wasn't complete. Do you know another way to look at surrender based on what the Course is suggesting here today is that when we finally reach that place of surrendering, we are coming to a place of accepting that it's not yet complete. That's it. Those are the beliefs that we are connecting to. We are finally acknowledging and allowing for the fact that something that we want has started but has not yet finished. In the allowance of that partial perspective, of that gradual unfolding, of that aspect of our time and the delays and what we created here, we actually release our energization of the incomplete. We stop focusing on, we stop obsessing over, we stop trying to do away with the incomplete aspects that we simply suddenly can't stand to be without. Surrender doesn't necessarily have to be raising the white flag and giving up and admitting that you have nothing left to give although that is a valid way of approaching these beliefs and moving through them, surrender can also quite simply be the conscious acknowledgement that it's not yet fully baked. Those are the beliefs that we are awakening to. The ones that can't stand loose ends. The ones that can't stand unknown. 
the ones that cannot tolerate mystery, and in doing so, energize all of that. And as the chorus mentioned today, one of the great underlying constructs of this entire experience is the aspect of linear time. If we had all the time in the universe and an ability to jump, to move between the energies that these moments in time represent, this whole aspect of something not yet being fully baked, of being completed, wouldn't be an issue at all. Which brings us around at long last to the way the chorus opened today's episode, which was with a question. How do you know whether or not you're doing well? Is humanity on the trajectory of enlightenment or are we headed in some other direction? Well, if our recognition that there is something in our environment or in ourselves that we don't like is the result of a manifestation that is the result of an energetic connection to the frequencies of change, then friends, there is nothing left to do to get to those changes, to experience those things, other than simply continue to receive it. Said another way, if you are constantly coming across things that, well, you would like to see changed, there's a really good chance that you are finally seeing it, that you are finally becoming conscious of it because that change has already begun. I had already recognized that I wanted to see a dermatologist before I started obsessing over my bump. (laughs) So maybe like me, the appointment's already made. Your date with destiny is already awaiting you in the future. What you're experiencing right now are all the beliefs between now and then that will come to the surface that you will recognize as the ones who have for a very long time energized our experience of the incomplete. So, what do you do to pass the time while those things are unfolding around you? Do we all just stand in angsty agony around the oven, smelling the air, certain that something must be coming, but we just can't see what yet? You could. That is a valid perspective and one that we may all oscillate in and out of through the course of awakening. But if you surrender to that sweet smell, (laughs) if you acknowledge that that is true, Something is not yet complete. You may start to feel things that are ready to come to completion. If, as the chorus suggested today, we can perhaps get curious about our ability to smell, about our ability to sense things before they are complete, before they are fully baked, we may find in those directions a wealth of information and expansive perspectives that reinvigorates our sense of power, our sense of choice. It is a very big universe. And though we may all be quite distraught over what is yet to come out of the oven, The counters of our collective kitchen are full of things that as soon as you are able to release some of our most incredible beliefs about the incomplete, you will be able to perceive. Friends, beings, new opportunities, extraordinary places surround us. They are at the grocery store. They are in the mountains. They are in the skies above us, below the earth at our feet, and at the beach. All of these things will and are 
coming to fruition. Your ability to recognize that something is coming, that something is still baking in the oven, is not indicative of a need for all of us to climb into the oven and fight it. Though, for a very long time, that kept us energized in the experience of this limited perspective of this game. It is a beautiful story, one that we will understand, and also just one part of an expansive existence that we are awakening to. You see, it's not just about what's going on in the oven, and it's not even about what's going on in the kitchen. It's what's going on throughout the whole house, the whole neighborhood, the entire country, the whole world, our solar system, and every galaxy we have seen or are yet to. Now, isn't that something that we could all get curious about? much for listening. We hope you found these messages to be helpful. May they accelerate you on your path wherever you'd like it to go. For more information on The Chorus and I, our podcast, book, or how to get in touch with us, visit katieinthechorus.com. Thanks again. See you next time.